And praise the Lord to everybody. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to Northwest Apostolic Conference. We are excited and delighted to be here to help you celebrate Jesus and to uh, maybe do our part in uh, strengthening those things that remain. Amen. I want to give honor to everyone in their respected places. All the ministers, I salute you and honor you. Wish uh, somebody else was preaching. It would be nice to come into a conference and, and just soak it in. But the lots have fallen upon me. And some of you are looking at me wondering if I can preach. And maybe i show you white man can jump here in, in just a moment. <laughs> Amen. I want to give honor to uh, the pastor and the first lady of this local assembly. And I am so honored to come see what the Lord is doing on this side of the vineyard. And if I can say this uh, without it be taken any other way than how I'm saying it, Brother Parker is a man's man. He's, he's not a black man's man or a white man's man or a brown man's man. As Bishop Johnson said, he is a man made for men. And I am so blessed that the Lord has allowed him uh, to come into my life. And we, we had the honor of having him come in Shelbyville. And he is quite a historian. And so we jumped on that, Bishop Cavanis and I. And we, we took him to Christ Temple, where Bishop Haywood, founding pastor, uh, legendary church. Uh, I call it the Azusa Street of the Midwest. And we took him there. Took him to Grace, where Bishop Golder uh, founded that church. And uh, we went into the pastor's office, and he gave Elder Parker a check, and he never gave me a cut. And In fact, I don't think he even told us how much he gave him. But uh, he was blessed, and uh, we... we <laughs> and, and while I was with him, I, I had got him on. <laughs> Took me a minute. That went all the way around the world and hit me in the back of the head there. And... <laughs> Maybe that's why you won't come back and preach. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I, uh, I extracted every I.H. Terry story out of him that I could. And, uh, and I'm, let me just say this. Those churches, including Elder Terry and Bishop Haywood and, and Bishop Golder, those churches and those men were pioneers and, and revolutionary men. And Brother Parker is in that same category for what he's done here in Oregon. He didn't, he didn't start... Uh, from scratch he started from itch because there was nothing to scratch and he's not one of these preachers that uh, he's fisher of men not dipper in the aquarium <clears throat> he built this thing the right way nothing more aggravating than these guys toting uh, their churches in revival and, you know they're grown by leaps and bounds but all the other churches around them are being emptied out and, but that's not happening here and, and so we, we think, well, I felt that one hit, but that, that's all right. And I hope that went out as far as it could on Holy Ghost Radio. Amen. Brother Spell, man, you preached good night. <clears throat> and uh, I just like his preaching because I don't have to wonder what he's saying. You know, you know some guys, their, their sermons are like Granny's old sack skirt. Covers everything and touches nothing. <clears throat> but man, this guy preached. And uh, I, I do feel like there could be just a few more things uh, to preach here. And I'm looking forward to the men of God that are coming after me. I want to direct your attention to the book of Revelation chapter 5. Can't wait to hear Bishop Buxton tonight. <clears throat> and then my bishop and pastor, Bishop Cavanis, tomorrow. This is a, a first of course, I preached for him, and he preached for me many times when I was in Illinois. One time I was preaching for him and said, there's no noise in Illinois. A lot of people say Illinois. He said, well, there ought to be some noise in Illinois. But this is the first time uh, to be able to preach with him. And uh, then, of course, my good friend, Brother Marks, I'm just excited about what God is doing. Revelation chapter 5. Verse 1, 
And here's an expression John uses many times in this book. And I saw. Another expression he'll use is, I heard. And so John is an authentic uh, and valid witness because of the things that he saw and the things that he heard, which gave him the ability from what he saw and what he heard to write and to speak what we have here. And this is not, this book is not the revelation of John. This is the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And he said, I saw on the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven nor in earth neither under the earth was able to open the book neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book neither to look thereon. One of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. In the fourth verse, the apostle tells us his response to the previous verses. He said, I wept much. But then in the fifth verse, there is an elder that emerges with a direct strong word for John. As he is weeping, the elder tells him, weep not. And the Lord being my helper, hallelujah. Try to be like Elizabeth Taylor to her seven husbands. I won't keep you long. But the Lord being my helper, I want to preach. Stop weeping, John. Set your Bibles down and we ought to give the Lord the best hand clap of praise that we've given him all this meeting. What a mighty God we serve. Now that you're clapping your hands, you ought to get your mouth open. For the Bible tells you when you clap, you need to shout unto God. We're good at the clapping part. But we need to accompany that with getting our our mouth open. (coughs) Come on. Come on, you can't think hallelujah, you got to say it. You can't think amen, you need to say amen. Come on, one more time, put your all into it. Doesn't that sound good in the house and feel good in the house? Oh, yes. God bless you, you may be seated. This chapter that we read from in the book of Revelation has a book as a catalyst for some of the events that are going to take place within it as you continue to read. The term that our King James Bible uses is book, but it may be more properly understood as a scroll. For in those Bible days, they didn't have books uh, as such like we do, with papers in the middle, with writing and a cover on each side. But this really, this really, the depiction that John is giving is that of a scroll. And there are four significant and outstanding things about this scroll. Firstly, the Bible tells us where it was. It was in the right hand of him who sat on the throne. That lets us know that this scroll was in total care and in total control and in the entrustment of God himself. In that this scroll is in the hand of God, (coughs) 
we can come and draw the conclusion that what is written in the scroll was written and authored by God. The second thing about this scroll that I'd like to bring to your attention, uh, the uniqueness of it is that it was written within and on the backside. One translation said there was writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll. That lets us know that it was a full and complete revelation as to its message. The third thing about this scroll, John tells us how it was sealed. It was sealed with seven seals. And you Bible students know the significance of the number seven in both the Old and the New Testament. Seven is the number of completion. So whatever this scroll is and and whatever its message is and that which it may represent, we know that it is dealing with something of perfection. When a message was secret, the scroll was tied and then a seal of clay or other material was placed on that scroll. And while the clay was still soft, it was stamped with the sender seal or signet. And what that did, it protected the message within the confines of that scroll. Those seals, not just one seal, but seven seals was an outward sign, a silent reminder that this message is protected. And because it's protected, it cannot be tampered with. And you could not add to it. If you cannot add to it, it stands to reason that you cannot subtract from it. And it cannot be substituted. The message is fine and perfect and complete and revelatory, and safe, and secure. I wish I had time to preach this apostolic message as airtight and bulletproof, and don't go messing with the message. I thank God we've got the message for this messed up age. (laughs) Hallelujah. This revelation is complete. This revelation is perfect. This revelation is true. And and this is signified here with, with this scroll. Not just anybody could loose the seals on this scroll, Not just anybody could open the scroll and read the contents therein. And with that in mind, there there was a prerequisite. There were qualifications for somebody to do what I had just said. While this is going on, as John is seeing this, he sees something else in the second verse of the fifth chapter of the book of Revelation. He sees a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice saying, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? Can you imagine this angel flying to and fro in God's creation and heralding a message? He's searching. He's looking. He's inquiring. He is, he is wanting somebody who is worthy to open the book. And that's the fourth significant and outstanding thing about this scroll is the qualifications for opening the book and loosing the seals. Amen. Is one must be worthy. I don't know how long the duration of time went on, but it must have been some length of time. And maybe it was an awkward bit of silence for John for when all this happened he sees this scroll he knows that it's a full revelation and it's sealed with seven seals and there's an angel going through all creation who is worthy who is worthy and nobody raised their hand as to being worthy to loose the seals and to open the scroll John's reaction to all of this is I wept much he didn't just shed a few tears he's not just simply crying but he is convulsing the bible tells us that he wept much here here is some duration of time that has gone on and during this duration of time there is an indictment that comes against humanity and the bible lets us know that there was no man in heaven there was no man in earth and there was no man under the earth that was able to open the book neither to look there on 
This is not the only time God had been without a man. For the prophet Isaiah wrote in 59 and 16 that God saw that there was no man. I want you to think about this, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. In God's three spheres of creation, those that are in heaven, those that are in earth, those that may be under the earth, there was not found one man that met the qualifications to loose the seals to open the scroll and to read the contents therein not one man not one man was worthy that's an indictment against humanity when you think of all the great men and women that walked on this earth. Amen. Brother Spell preached about some of them. You can find many of them in Hebrews chapter 11. I call that the Arlington Cemetery of the Old Testament. And their faith interred them there. And they are recorded in the word of God. Those men and women in Hebrews 11. The Bible says the world was not worthy to receive them. But those men and women. Patriarchs and matriarchs. Heroes and heroines of the faith. Not one of them raised their hand in this Bible scene that said I'm worthy to loose the seals I'm worthy to open the book I'm worthy to read the contents therein the world wasn't worthy to receive them but none of them were worthy to do what needed to be done in Revelation chapter 5 amen now you know why John is weeping when you think of all the great men that walked this earth I wish I had some Pentecostals to help me pray preach here just for a little bit when you go through man's history you're not going to find one in natural man's history that is worthy to do this you can start with the first man Adam Adam who walked with God in Eden's garden Adam couldn't do it because there's some things walkers cannot do you move on to Abel Abel who was a sacrificer and a worshiper who offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain he couldn't do it because there's some things that worshipers cannot do Noah Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord to the building of an ark and he saved himself along with his wife his sons and their wives but Noah couldn't do it because there's some things builders cannot do Abraham the father of the faithful the father of Israel and the father of the New Testament church hallelujah Abraham the friend of God could not do it because there's some things your friend cannot do. We can move on down to Jacob who wrestled with the theophany, God himself and Jacob could not do it because there's some things wrestlers cannot do. Moses who was brought up to Sinai to talk to God face to face. Moses could not do it as great as he was because there's some things talkers cannot do. David was a man after God's own heart David couldn't do it because there's some things that pursuers can't do Solomon who had the wisdom of God Solomon couldn't do it because there's some things that even wise men can't do Peter was a preacher extraordinaire but the apostle Peter could not do it because believe it or not there's some things that preachers cannot do the apostle Paul as great as he was a prolific writer Paul could not do it because there's some things that writers cannot do and finally we land at John the beloved John who loved Jesus Jesus who loved John John who laid his head on the bosom of Jesus and heard the heartbeat of God John who was confident on the night of the Passover that it wasn't he who should betray the Lord John wasn't worthy enough Come John on. didn't raise his hand it wasn't Come John on, that preach. could do it because there's some things that lovers cannot do Woo. now you know why John is weeping now you know why John said I yeah. wept much oh, yeah. Woo. come on preach Daniel and if I was just to dismiss you and head to Elder Parker's house for dinner amen you would leave discouraged you would leave despondent you would leave depressed and you would leave in despair but I got a grand glorious and gospel announcement hallelujah for this conference and everybody listening on Holy Ghost radio while John is weeping while John is convulsing 
missing. While John is looking at what is bleak and hopeless, there's an elder that emerges on the scene and he's got He's got a word for John and that's my word for you. Stop weeping, John. Stop weeping, John. Well, I feel like my help has come. Everybody say, stop weeping. And then he's got another word for John. And it's the first word of a continuing word. Behold. Okay, let me, I'm going to try it over here because half of you look unimpressed with what I'm, I'm giving you the best I got here. Behold. Wait, 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 wait. Why do I have to stop weeping? Because when you got tears in your eyes, you can't see right. Listen, I didn't steal this from a dead man's book. I didn't steal this off of anybody's tape. I guess if you steal from a book, you're a bookworm, and steal from a tape, you're a tapeworm. Hallelujah. I got this out of the Bible. You can't see when you got tears in your eyes. So, John, before you're ever going to see what God wants you to see, you got to clear those eyes. No, you do. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy. I know there's a time to weep, but there's also a time to rejoice. There's a time for sorrow, but there's a time for gladness. Somebody say yes. Stop weeping, John. Stop weeping, John. Stop weeping, John. I want you to see something. What's the premise for me to stop weeping? The lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals there. Oh, yeah. Come on. Quit messing around. Get with it. Man, I wish I had a little bit of black in me so I could dance. Yeah. But you know what? I'm not going to wait till I'm black. I'm going to shout now. Yeah. Come on. Wait a minute. Somebody's saying, I'll shout when he gets to the good part. I'm at the good part. Yeah, come on. <laughs> well, I'm waiting till Cody Marks gets up here. Who do you think Woo! makes him shout? Come on, it's time to stop weeping. Come on. It's time to rejoice. Come on. It's time to open up our mouth and give God praise. Preach it. I'm sorry. Woo. I, I get nervous in front of big crowds and I'm. Behold. The line of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed yeah. to open the book, to loose the seals thereof. And as John's wiping his eyes, he looks. And man, I wish I had time to preach about the centrality of the Lamb. Jesus is. You want to find Jesus? He's in the midst of the throne. Yeah. He came He's out in the from... middle of everything we're doing. Hallelujah. He said we're two or three. Well, I guess I do have time. Yeah. I may never come back here again, so i got to preach all three messages that I have. He said we're two or three are gathered together. In my name, I'll be right there in the middle. And when John saw him in the book of Revelation, amen, he saw the golden candlestick, which is the church. And Jesus wasn't on the outward parameters. No, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. No, he yeah. was in the middle. He was in the middle. In Hallelujah. The middle. And thank God for Jesus. Because since the incarnation, the throne of God becomes the throne of God and of the Lamb. He is God. That is his throne. Not a separate God. Not a distinct God. Jesus is the mighty God in Christ. I feel him walking up and down these aisles today. I don't see him, but our great high priest is here. And he's blessing people. And he's touching people. Why don't you go ahead and get what you don't wait till tonight. Don't wait till tomorrow. Get what you need. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Tell it, tell it. And he turns and he expects to see a lion. 
<laughs> and Salam. <laughs> Come on. I'm sorry. Woo, the elders like, hey, England, I told weeping. you to quit weeping. Yeah, that's right, quit weeping. Quit oh, messing right, around. Right. No, you're 2020, John. There's nothing wrong with your vision. There's nothing wrong with your perception. I know, but you told me to look at the lion and I see a lamb. But what you don't understand, John, is the lion is the lamb. Yeah. Right. Am I allowed to say something here? I'm not just non-Trinitarian. I'm anti-Trinitarian. The Trinitarians are not our red-headed stepchildren. Hallelujah. There are no half-brothers. There are no half- Jesus is the That's mighty right. God in Christ. That's right. Woo! And we don't need Trinitarians to validate our message. Our message stands by itself. Stands alone. Our message stands by itself. Yay! So- Somebody said, how can Jesus be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost and still be one God? I'll answer that by saying, how can he be a lion and a lamb at the same time? How can he be the root of David and the offspring of David at the same time? How can he be bread and water at the same time? How can he be God and man at the same time? I know you're going to have to forgive me because I was raised on soul train. And in the words of Gene Knight, my message is, Mr. Big Stuff, who do you think you are? Trying to tell us we can't say Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Who do you think you are? You'll never get smarter than God. You'll never get smarter than the apostles. But I feel like saying it again. Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. And Jesus is the Holy Ghost. It's not about Woo! right, that is right. I know it's not good grammar, but it's good theology. If Jesus ain't God, ain't nobody God. And by the way, this isn't an English class anyway. This is a Bible class. Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Yes, yes. If he ain't God, ain't nobody God. Jesus has God's body. Jesus has God's name. Jesus has God's spirit. Jesus has God's church. Jesus has God's blood. Jesus has God's power. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Woo! Yes! Man, this is so good. I might sign my own Bible tonight. Hear all someone that's worthy we need somebody to loose the seals we need somebody to open the scroll we need somebody to read it and the good news is John we found somebody who is well yeah okay okay let me try it like this no man in heaven no man in earth no man under the earth was worthy but John we have somebody who's got a name that's above every name in heaven yeah we got somebody whose name is above every name in earth. And we've got somebody whose name is above every name under the earth. Who is it? The Lion of the tribe of Judah. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. He hath prevailed. If you're glad to know that he prevailed, yes. you ought to give him some praise in this house. Yes, hallelujah. Come on. <laughs> Glory. Glory. Yeah, don't water it down for us. Are you, are you ready for this? Because I'm, I'm really impressed with this because I wrote the notes. 
Spell didn't look at his notes one time. He must not have been impressed with his notes, but I'm impressed with mine. <laughs> John describes his posture. Yeah. Yeah. He was standing. Stand. Yeah. Uh, come on now. Oh, wait, wait. If you got that, we could have been eaten already. Let, let's, let's, let's try it like this. The lion of the tribe of Judah <coughs> hath prevailed, hath gotten the victory. He hath conquered. When did that happen? Calvary. Did you hear me? He conquered all at Calvary. And what he did in time, we're playing out in time. That means his victory is our victory. His life is our life. His glory is our glory. Oh, yeah. Because we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. Whatever he did, I do and you do. He ta- because he takes the church with him. He hath prevailed. When did he prevail? He prevailed at Calvary. My God. Anybody else? If anybody else in potentiality could have survived, they wouldn't have been standing. Whether this is true or not, I don't know. But the historian Josephus said that he was able to get three men off of the cross. Two of them died. One barely lived because he had medical attention. Jesus, his death is not a hoax. When he came down off of the cross, he was dead. He said it was finished. And when he went from the cross, he went to the grave. And from the grave, he came out on the third day. Where did he get the victory? He got the victory at Gethsemane. He got the victory at Calvary. He got the victory in the tomb. And he got the victory when he came out on Easter morning. If that had been anybody else, yeah, yeah, they might have been staggering. Might have been drunk. If it had been anybody else, they'd have been down for the count. But John said, "I saw the fresh slain lamb standing, standing." out of the grave no no he didn't no sir and he's coming out yo y'all ain't helping me here Uh, he's coming out whether the stones rolled away or not yeah wait how much time I have here um, who give me five minutes raise your hand you're half time right now you're half time okay half time half time already Good night, Irene. First quarter, I guess. The stone didn't roll away so he could get out. The stone rolled away so they could look in. Yeah. You say, I already know this, and why ain't you preaching this tonight? Yeah. I wish I had time to preach. Nobody talked to death like Jesus. You know, you know, we quote it at, at funerals and we cry and snot around. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You know who said that prophetically? The Messiah. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they... No, you, nobody ever talked to death like Jesus. You know what he's doing on resurrection morning? Come on, tell it, brother. Go ahead. Tell it. Tell it. Tell it. Yeah. Yeah. Done with you. Yes, sir. Yeah. Don't need that anymore. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Hang, hang on. You, you, you can't do that yet because you don't know what I'm about to say. He gets up so fast. And the resurrection, the grave clothes on his body just thrown up. 
But he is in such control of death, he's folding laundry in the tomb before he ever gets out. Read your Bible. When they went in, they saw two articles of clothing. The one that covered his body, it was just thrown and laid somewhere over there. But then the napkin that covered his face, it was folded neatly and placed on the other side. You know what Jesus was saying? I'm not just in control of life, but I'm as much in control of death. Even my own death. Man, somebody say yes. How can he be in control of death? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He is in control of death just like he is life. Stop weeping, John. The lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed. Nobody talked to death like Jesus. Nobody Nobody lived like Jesus. Right? You know, (laughs) the Bible says that he's a great and terrible God. That means he's bad. That's not bad as in deterioration. And, and lack of quality. That's right. When I say he's bad, that's like, that's like when bad gets so good, good isn't good anymore. You got to use, he's just bad. Yeah. Right. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody lived like Jesus lived. <laughs> oh, blessing God. He's good if he comes and does what he says he's going to do. That's good. But he's bad because he said he was going to do it in advance and hell couldn't stop him. That's bad right there. Because he told Satan where he was going to be born. Bethlehem. Isaiah said how he was going to be born. A virgin. The Bible tells how he's going to die. A cross. The Bible tells when, where, how, why, and hell couldn't stop him. Because nobody lived like Jesus lived. But I've got to tell you, nobody died like Jesus died. And nobody ever addressed death like Jesus addressed death. I'm the resurrection and the life. Jesus, Jesus heals a servant who's sick unto death. Jesus raises from the dead a widow woman's son who's dead in the coffin and on his way to be buried. Then Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead who is dead, buried, been there four days and stinks up to high heaven. So it doesn't matter to Jesus if you're sick unto death, dead and on your way to be buried, or dead, buried, been there four days and you already stink. Jesus is just as much in control of death as he is in life. Oh, yeah. Amen. And Paul says, Paul said that God just doesn't have greatness. God has exceeding greatness. That means when you get to great, God has exceeding greatness. Now y'all ain't helping me here. Are you ready for this? God has exceeding greatness. He healed someone sick unto death. He raised somebody dead and on their way to be buried. And he raised somebody dead, buried, and been there four days. What could be exceeding great? Destroy this temple. And in three days, I'll get myself out of the grave. If he is in that much in control of death, he's in control of your marriage. He's in control of your finances. He's in control of your church. I wish somebody would shout yes. Yes. The degree of death. 
life. Let me, let, me, let me give you some kingdom language here. John 5, 25. We'll put Jesus on the witness stand. The hour is coming and now is. That's kingdom language. Right. The kingdom is here, yet it's coming. Yeah, right. Eternal life is here, yet it's coming. Listen, I'm not waiting for eternal life. I have eternal life. Yeah. All right. Come on. Jesus said, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Where did you get eternal life? When he baptized me with the Holy Ghost. And by the way, there is no Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit without speaking in other tongues. Yeah. That's a false doctrine from hell. You don't, you don't receive the Holy Ghost and when it gets so full, you get baptized with the Holy Ghost and you speak in tongues. If you didn't speak in tongues, you did not receive the Holy Ghost. Say yeah. Say it again. Yeah. You got eternal life when God filled you with the Holy Ghost. Yet something is still coming. Woo. When you were born of water and of the Spirit, that was your entrance into the kingdom. Right, right. <clears throat> but we're still praying, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. It's here yet coming. It's now yet it's coming. That is kingdom language. And Jesus said the hour is coming. And he pulled from the future and he brought it right now. He said and now is. You ready for this? When the dead shall hear the voice of the son of God. And they that hear shall live. Yeah. Unlike Martha who said I know my brother shall rise again in the last day. Kind of like us crazy Pentecostals. Well I know we'll have revival next year. I know when we get a good preacher up here for this conference, who do you think's up here now? <laughs> We're always putting it off. And Jesus said, right. I am. Tell it. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Wait a minute. Don't look for revival till tomorrow. Look for revival right now. And anybody tells you that you can't have revival, it's because they believe what Goliath has burped out to them, how he was going to destroy them, and how he was going to devour them. But I'm not believing the report of the enemy. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Who shall believe? Yes. You know why I believe we can have revival? Because Jesus is resurrection and Jesus is life. Yes. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be discriminatory on who God brings in my revival. I, listen, I told Shelby, Bill, I told Shelby Bill, I'm tired of preaching to your ugly white faces. Go get some people of color. All you pale-faced people crowding up this church. Now look, this is what they do to me. They bring me a Puerto Rican that can't speak it. Yeah. I love Puerto Ricans. They talk, it's like a machine gun. One black girl that's as white as me. Two Mexicans that can't speak Spanish. Yeah. And now we got one Haitian and a couple people from Kentucky. Those are all the countries <laughs> represented in Shelbyville. But you know what? I'll take the half Puerto Rican and we got a half Japanese and I'll take the Haitian and I'll take the two Mexicans that, that can't speak Spanish because I'm in this for the long haul. I'm in this for revival. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what country you come. Woo. Listen, it's not my job. It's not my job to decide who should be here legally or illegally. That's not my job. My job is to preach the gospel. My job is to baptize them. My job is to disciple them. You need to quit getting caught up in that junk. Because when you do, you cease to be the church God wants you to be. But this church is made up of every tribe, every nation, every tongue. Woo. 
That's new school. Ah, the hour's coming in now. Watch, ready, ready? I, I know, we gotta go, we gotta go. Woo, no, you're doing someone, good. Someone said, I'm impressed Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. You know what I'm impressed with? That he got the right Lazarus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could have been a million of them. Huh? You know, you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. He didn't say Lazarus Jones. He didn't say Lazarus Smith. The word is so precise. God have mercy. That the word of God started walking in the graveyard. Not you. Not you. Not you. Nope, not you. You're the wrong one. Not you. You're the one. Lazarus, come forth. And he came out. Not in the last day. He came out right then. Right then. I'm talking about now miracles. Now revival. Now healing. Yes. Some of you. Some of you haven't even opened your mouth yet. I can't hear your head rattle when you do this. Four days decomposing. The maggots are feasting on his body, eating his ears, eating his eyes, eating his fingertips, eating his elbows. But when Jesus showed up to the tomb and spoke three resurrection words, the maggots started punching one another. Hey, did you hear that? Yeah, you know who that is? Yeah, the boss just showed up. And you know what the maggots started doing? Spit out that ear. Spit out that kneecap. Spit out that toe. Why do we have to spit it out? Because resurrection and life just showed up. I wish I had about 20 crazy Pentecostals that could just run around this place. I don't care how long it's been since you prayed someone through in your church. It doesn't matter to me how dry the baptismal tank has been. It doesn't matter to me how many times you went to the prayer room and nothing happened. I am. I am. I am. I'd really like to know what it's like to run the aisle. Get out of that aisle and do it anyway. Yeah. I can hear the voice of the Lord saying, Devil, let go of that city. Devil, let go of that family. Devil, let go of that miracle. Stop weeping, John. Stop weeping, John. in this house right now resurrection power hang on hang on in earnest what is resurrection breakthrough that's when God's world comes crashing in on ours and when he heals somebody that's a glimpse of the resurrection and that's God's way of saying in my kingdom sickness does not prevail when devils are cast out that's God's way of saying in my kingdoms devils have no jurisdiction and dominion every time every time we pray someone through to the Holy Ghost resurrection power every time there's a miracle resurrection breakthrough every time there's a healing resurrection breakthrough every time somebody repents of their sin resurrection breakthrough
what they did in Revelation 5. Because they asked the question, who is worthy? And when the lion emerges, they're not asking the question anymore. The question, the question turns into a statement. Worthy is the lamb. And Jesus is on one side and all of creation is on the other. He's on the side of receiving worship because he's God. And all of creation is on this side because they're not God. Worthy is the lamb. Now that we know who's worthy, we need to change our question into a statement of fact and faith. That's what we need to do in this place while we sing this song. Jesus is alive. We need to worship him. God's not dead. He's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. God's not dead.
Pentecostal sound here. Oh, there's barriers being broken. Boundaries are being invaded. Come on, men, men. All you men, lift your voice. All you women, lift your voice. sound of breakthrough that's God's kingdom crashing into our world heroes the glory with all power and authority and he conquered my enemy, he put them under my feet. He rose in glory, all power and authority. It's a great time to get the Holy Ghost right now. You've had it before, pray through. Amen, what a great time to pray through.
Lord. 